morning, good morning. Thank you, Josh. Uh, I am I'm happy to be here. I tell you, I haven't stood on one of these in many years. Uh, in China, our, our, our situation was a little different, and we were usually in a living room or in a, a house. Uh, but I'm happy to be here. It was about three months ago, and we walked through the doors in the back. And uh, we, we were on a journey. We were walking through doors that we didn't know uh, what was on the other side. And God is still opening those doors and God is still revealing uh, his will and revealing his plan through this journey. Uh, Josh asked me, he said uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was about, boy, that was probably about six or seven weeks ago, he came up or he, he called me and he said, hey, uh, I want to have you speak. And I'm wondering if, if you can share kind of your story and uh, I'll let you continue the series in Mark if you want. And, and, and I didn't know. I thought, how is Mark going to join with my story? And how can I put it all together? So I thought I'd read, read a verse and then just kind of go off on my own. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that. Uh, but I always, uh, it's, that's a question that I love asking people. I love meeting somebody new, having them at my house or, or around the table, eating food together and ask a question. Say, so tell me your story. Anybody ever asked that before? That's a good question. Because a lot of times you'll find different people answer it different ways. Some people will be like, oh, well, my story, and, and they'll talk for a minute. Some people, you'll be there for two or three hours just listening to their story. Uh, there was a, a gentleman I asked last week, and I said, so what, tell me your story. And right off the bat, he told me something super, super personal and deep in a struggle he was going with, and I thought, Wow. I didn't expect that. I was kind of just hoping for a story different, but, but uh, thanks for sharing your story. Josh asked me to share a story. Uh, my wife, Abby, and myself, we met in college in 2000, a long time ago, 2003, and we were dated for a couple of years, and in 2006, we got married, and in 2007, uh, before our first anniversary, we were on our way to China. We had uh, both separately before we met, we kind of felt God calling us to China. And then when we met our, uh, on the third date, we kind of discovered, wait, you're, you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking? All right, let's just get married. And uh, so that didn't quite happen that quick. But over uh, a couple of years of dating, we got married in 2006. 2007, uh, we had the opportunity and went to China. It was exciting. It was different. Anybody here spent time overseas? Raise your hand. All right, good, good, good. You ever lived in another country? You ever, ever just visited? Anybody travel overseas? And your excitement, if you take yourself back to that moment when the, the plane is flying and, and you start to see the ground of that foreign land, and you look out the windows, and, and if you have that window seat, you have that privilege, you're kind of looking out, and your mind is already putting together what this place is like. And you see the fields that look totally different than the, 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 uh, the fields in America. You see the, the city as you start to come into the city near the airport. You see the, the buildings are totally different. And, and the roofs, they just don't look like home. And you start to land. I remember that. I remember as we were flying into China the first time. And, and we saw the fields. And we saw the, 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 the different uh, uh, ground and the different, different feel. 
And we landed and we were excited. We had been just co coming off a 14-hour flight and we're landing and, and yet we weren't tired. Our, we, were, we were excited. And we got our four bags. Can you believe that, Abby? Four, only four bags. This last time we came back with 28, I think. But uh, we, we landed, we had those four bags, and, and we get them out, and, and you enter the airport, and it's like, wow, this is not home. This is not where we came from. This is different. And you walk through, and you start to see the, the signs. The signs are all, I mean, it just looks like, you know, my two-year-old scribbling. And you, you, you see the signs, and you don't understand anything. You start to hear the people around you, and they, they talk. And for the first time in your life, maybe... You don't understand anything. You can't hear what they're saying. You don't understand what they're saying. They could be talking about you. In fact, half the time you're paranoid thinking, are they talking about me? Are they laughing? What are they, is that me? What are they laughing at? And you start to feel all these different senses that have never come to you before, and you land there, and yet inside you kind of like it. You think, wow, this is cool. This is awesome. And we, we landed in China, and everything was different. Our lives, we, were, we didn't have any children. We were uh, married for less than a year, and we were, uh, we, were, we were just happy to be there. I remember the first time we went to a McDonald's in, uh, in the city, and we walked in, or we sat down, and I, I don't remember what we ordered. It was similar to the States, uh, but we sat down, and, and I looked over the door, and in the, 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 or coming through the doors were two... Uh, I know what they are now, but at the time, I remember them as like soldiers or, or, or uh, some kind of government army men. They had these shotguns in their hands. And they walked through the doors, and both of them walked in like this. And, and I remember thinking, oh, man, what did I do? Is they coming after us? And, and, and they, they, they walked in, and now I realize they were the money people. They were the people that transported the money, and so they were just protecting the money. But my, my first impression was, oh, man, I'm in trouble already. We're going home. No. But I remember uh, uh, the first week in China, so many things were new, so many memories of this is different. It's a different place. It wasn't our home. It wasn't our culture. It wasn't our language. It wasn't our food. It wasn't anything that we recognized. It wasn't anything that... I mean, very, if, we were, if we were out and about in, in, that, uh, in the city of Jilin where we were, there were, I don't know, Abby, just a handful, maybe 20 or 30 different foreigners in that city at the time. And half of those were the people that we knew in our little group. And so when you were in the city and you were uh, going to buy something or on a bus or, or at a shopping place and you saw another foreigner, it was like, hey, hello, hello, how are you? Yeah, it was, it was a weird thing because you were... The only one. I remember the first uh, one that trusted Christ. It was James. He called himself James. He was a college student. And I remember at that time we, we invite him out to, to dinner to sit down. And, and, you know, we couldn't witness or share the gospel like we we're used to in the States. Uh, openly, but we'd have, we invite him to, to come and share a meal with us. And so I remember James, and he was in one of my classes that I taught the university, and I said, hey, James, uh, why don't we go to lunch after class? And he said, yeah, yeah, that's great. That sounds good. His English was broken. 
uh, but he was very, very fluent, just spoke broken. And he said, okay, okay. So we went to lunch, and we sat down. I think it was a noodle restaurant, and, and we were eating our noodles, and, and uh, Autumn loves it. Her heart just like, noodles, really? Uh, we were there, and James sat across from me, and he was super excited to get to talk to a foreigner and practice his English, and, and, and he was just so happy. And I, I kind of wanted to see where he was and, and what he understood. So I started asking him questions about God and questions. And, and I'd ask a question, and he'd, he'd uh, share with me uh, what he thought and what he believed, and I'd, I'd kind of challenge him a little bit to see what he thought, and he would just cut me off. And I'd bring something else up, and he'd cut me off. And I said, James, will you just give me five minutes to share the story of Jesus? And he said, okay. I said, just five minutes. That means, that means just give me five minutes so you don't, don't talk. I want you just to listen. And he said, okay. And so I shared the story of Jesus with him, and we got, uh, uh, got to, I don't know, it might have been over five minutes, probably five or ten minutes, and he just listened. He didn't say a word. And then all of a sudden, almost like it just occurred to him, he stood up and he said, I'm buying the meal. I said, huh, what? He said, I'm, I'm paying the bill. I said, okay. He said, because I want that Jesus and I want you to know I mean it. And he bought the bill. James, is, he now lives in, I think, in Toronto, Canada, last time I knew but I remember that our life from that time, there's a, there's a, we could obviously tell a million stories. But from 2007 until 2000, uh, 2020, January 2020, God took what was foreign and made it home. He took what was strange and made it normal. He took what we didn't understand and helped us comprehend. He took our hearts and molded it to the hearts of those around us. He gave us friends. He gave us family. He gave us ones to, to sit around and eat with, ones to pray with. How many times, I remember the, 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 it was probably after being in China for, I'm guessing it was our third or fourth year, and we started to realize this, this huge difference between Chinese culture and American culture. It was, it was this, this difference that in China, many times, you'd find people just show up at your door, and they didn't call usually, they didn't usually give you any kind of heads up, they would just kind of knock and say, Hey, 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 and they, they just come right in and, and sit down and, and they just wanted to be welcome in your home. And for us, it was kind of strange. And I remember thinking, and Abby, hearing Abby too afterwards, how come they didn't call? How come they didn't tell us they were coming? And, and we weren't ready for visitors and, and at, at weird, strange times. I mean, uh, nine o'clock at night, we're getting the kids ready for bed and some would be knocking at the door. You say, oh, come in, come in, come in, I guess. <laughs> I remember about the third or fourth year in, Abby and I kind of, or we were reading a book. Do you remember who, the, who was, 
uh, I don't remember, it was a missionary, a, a lady missionary in China from a long time ago. Do you remember the book? I think, yeah, I think it, I think it was Go Forth, yeah, Rosalind Go Forth. And we're reading her story how uh, she had decided that she was going to have in her house an open door policy, because she also dealt with that culture. And the open door policy was that at any time, at any moment, at any hour, her door was always open. Come. Just come. And remember, we were, we were kind of reading it over, and we were getting convicted. And we thought, oh, God, no. Don't ask us to do that. But we did. We said, okay. I don't know what it'll mean. We don't know what, it'll, what, it'll, what, what this means, God. But our doors are open. We have an open door policy. At any time, if anybody comes to our door, it's open. And we'll help them, we'll talk to them, we'll pray with them, we'll do whatever they need, we'll, we'll have our doors open. And I remember that was, a, that was a key moment because it was a moment where we let the culture come in. And we let God use what was normal for them to be a tool. Now, we, we it's part of us. You, before we left China, Autumn and the kids could tell you that Autumn, she's still, anytime somebody knocks at the door, it could be UPS or, or FedEx, and she's just excited. Somebody's here, somebody's here. She loves visitors. Because in her home in China, it was literally an open door and a revolving door. How many times, uh, uh, especially the last couple of years, of just people pouring in and out of our home and never knowing who was going to come that day, but always somebody would. Never knowing who would show up, but they would. And they'd come in and they'd say, hey, I just want to talk to you about this. And can I just pray? And my mom is about this. And, 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 and those are the times, those are the moments that we loved. Here in America, it's kind of weird. Uh, a couple, about a month and a half ago, uh, one of our neighbors in the area uh, that we kind of gotten close to up in Rougemont, he, uh, he said something about uh, liking a certain kind of ice cream. And so I went to the store, and I said, oh, that's the ice cream you like. So I bought it for him, and, and I went, and I just drove in, drove in. It was about after dark, must have been 7 or 8. And I went up to the door and just knocked on the door. I didn't call him or text him or anything. And he comes to the door with a gun. And I thought, whoa, hey, I'm just delivering ice cream. He says, you've got to call before you come. And I thought, oh, foreigner, <laughs> crazy American. <clears throat> But we loved it. We loved what God gave us. And then God moved us. I'm going to stop right there and I'll come back to that uh, to finish the story in a moment. We can go to the text. Jesus, in our text, we're in Mark chapter 1, and Pastor Josh has been leading us through, and I'm going to kind of go back a little bit. Uh, like I said, it was a few weeks ago when I was supposed to speak, and I believe Pastor Josh has already moved on a little bit. But we're going back to this passage, just a couple verses uh, in Mark chapter 1, verses 35, 36, uh, up to 39. Ever read these verses that tell us a little bit about Jesus? 
They share a little bit about who he was. They share about his heart. They share about his mission. They tell us about this one that we have chosen to follow. Let's read. This is uh, the text here. It says, In rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Let's pray, and then we'll, we'll get into the text here. God, I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for being a God that loves us. And God, you're not, you're not what the world says you are. You don't live separate, but you want to live with us. You want us to seek you. You want us to find you. You want us to know who you are. You want us to know your character. You want us to know that you love us. And God, I pray that through your scripture, through, through Jesus as our example, we'll know a little bit more about you. And we'll be in tune to who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Mark. In Mark, we have uh, uh, the story of Jesus from Mark, from Mark and Luke's perspective. We have, uh, uh, so if we go back to Mark chapter 1, Mark 1, verse 1, the Bible says, it says, in the beginning, or the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It introduces Jesus as the Son, the Son of God. Jesus, it goes through, Mark's uh, gospel here, it goes through Jesus' story a little bit, and he goes down to, to John the Baptist, and John the Baptist kind of prepared the way for Jesus, as uh, Pastor Josh talked about. He goes into his baptism, and Jesus, he, he uh, gets baptized, and when he gets baptized, there's the, the Spirit comes down, and the heavens opened up, and the Father says, do you remember? Can you read it? Here we go. Ready? What does the Father say? He says, my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. The Son. The Father, a long time before, sent his Son to a faraway land, to a faraway place that he didn't understand. And as Jesus came, he must have thought, these people are weird. <laughs> these people are strange. This isn't home. And although I, I, I live here and I know I have a purpose and I have a mission and God sent me and I'm here, this is a different place. We have uh, Jesus comes down and, and, and uh, after his baptism, he goes into temptation. And the Spirit leads him into the wilderness for a temptation. For 40 days, we know that he was there. And after that, at about 30 years old, he begins his ministry. And verse number uh, 14 it says, now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus goes and after that moment, he's beginning his ministry. He goes to call uh, some of his disciples. 
And he goes and he, and he, he calls a couple guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a couple of you here. Uh, come on up here, Peter and John. Can you all come up here? Would you mind? All right. And uh, yeah, come on up here. And yeah, come on up here. We have four. All right. And he calls them. And he doesn't change their job. He says, you see, these were, what, were the, what was their occupation? They were fishermen. And he says, hey, come with me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. He doesn't change their, their job or their role or who they think they are, but he says, I'm going to change it just, just enough. You see, you're fishermen, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. And he calls them, and they do for the next, uh, uh, in, the, in the, the scripture here, in the first chapter of Mark, they walk through, and, he, and we don't know how long, it, to me it's just a short time from when he calls them to these stories we read about. And they follow him, would you follow me? And they follow him, and he goes here, and he, he heals the sick. And he goes here, and he, he casts out demons. And he goes over here, and, and he goes into the temple where he's not supposed to be on, on that day where, where, where he, he was going to defy the, the spiritual leadership. And they were following him. They were associating with him. They were part of him. They were there and they were, hey, you guys are with me. Watch what we're going to do, okay? And he's going to go in and he, and he casts out a demon. Then they kind of rest. I, in my mind, I see them resting until that evening. And that evening, the whole town comes out. And as they're maybe talking or fellowshipping around, uh, uh, maybe some breaking some bread together or, or uh, having a, a little meal, the whole town starts to arrive. You see, they've heard what happened earlier. They heard about those he healed. They heard about those that he, the demons he cast out. They heard about the, when he told the demon to be quiet and not speak of who he was. They heard all that. And they also had family and friends that needed Jesus. And they said, I wonder if he can help with my need. I wonder if he has what my family needs. And they all come out and, and, and these four men were right there. We're following him. They're, they're preparing for what he has for them. They have no clue what it is. They don't know how long this is. He's, he's going to be our teacher and what is he going to teach us and I don't know. They don't know that in three years time he's going to leave them. They don't know that in, in three years he's going to go on to his purpose to be on the cross and that they will all wonder if we made a mistake and they will all kind of depart back and then three days after that he would rise again. They don't know that yet. But what they know is they're following him. Jesus calls them and they follow and they follow and they see the people healed. They see them, uh, the, the demons cast out. Then... Uh, it goes into, oh, then I see it as that night. And that night, they all go back after Simon, uh, I think Simon's mother-in-law gets healed, is that right? And they go back, which one of you is Simon? Yeah, here we go. Simon's mother-in-law got healed. And then they're still with him. In my mind, I see them kind of bunking down at Simon's house. And they're there, and, and these are his disciples. And they kind of go to, go to sleep, and... Thanks, guys. You can, you can, I'll call you back up in a second. If y'all just sit right here. Sit right here in the front. And they kind of go to sleep, and Jesus goes to sleep. And Jesus rises early. These, these are the ones that are with him. 
These are the ones that are following him. And Jesus rises early. He says, and he goes away. Up, I, I imagine him going into, his, I think it says, a, a des, a desolate, solitary place. And he goes to this place where he's alone, where it's only him. And I see him getting down. I see him saying, God, Father, Father, these people, they need you. Father, I've, I've been with them for, for, for these, these, this day or two, and, and God, they need you. And they brought their sick, and I've cast out demons. Father, Father, what would you have me to do? And as he's praying, people are waking up. People are getting up, and the town is awakening, and they're saying, hey, I wonder if Jesus is still here. And the town is, is thinking, hey, let's get back. I wonder what Jesus is going to do today. I wonder, hey, do, do you think we should invite so-and-so to come and hear Jesus? Hey, you know, so-and-so's got that broken foot or that they're sick over here, but let's bring him to Jesus. And they start to wake up, and they start to, you see, in, in a few verses earlier, it says that his fame was spread all around. And they were starting to all get together want to come to see Jesus. And they come to the last place they saw him. And they come and they say, hey, uh, we, we came for Jesus. And the four guys are, uh, uh, he's not here. We don't know where he went. You see, we don't know. And they say, find him for us. Go get him. We, we need to see Jesus. And the, t the more people are coming and more people are coming. And they say, we need to see Jesus. And so these four guys, they get up. And they go look for him, and Jesus is over here, and he's on his ground. He says, God, please, Father. And they put his hand, their hand on his shoulder. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes, guys. And they say, the people are looking for you. The people are looking for you. And he says, I know they are. Let's go. He says, no, no, I'm sorry. This is what he says. He says, yeah. He said, Read it for me, Pastor Josh. He said, let us go into the next town that I may preach there also. Let us go to the next town. I need to preach there also. Jesus, all those people are waiting for you. All those people have needs. All those people have problems. All those people have burdens. All those people, they need you too. And you were there one day, maybe two, but now you're going to leave? But he doesn't leave alone. He says, no, we're going to go. Let us go. There's more out there. Because that is why I came. Thank you, guys. Jesus came and he brought those four guys and he wanted to bring them to something they didn't understand yet. If we go uh, back, we're going to read the, the verses again. Verse 35, we see it says, Arising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. He sought his father. 
He sought his father. You see, this was, this was the very beginning of his ministry. This, up in the first 30 years of Jesus' life, he had lived in pretty much what seems like just a normal man, a carpenter. It said in verse, uh, when he was 12 years old, I think is the last scripture we, we find from 12 to 30, and it says that he grew in favor with God and man. That's all. And that he grew and he, 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 he kind of grew up and people liked him and people enjoyed being around him. And he grew in favor with his father and with man. And then at 30 years old, he, his, his, his ministry was changing. What he was going to do began. Here we see that, that Jesus, the perfect son of God, after a day of, of helping people, of healing people, of, of casting demons out, after that, that day of, of interacting with all these people, he rises early and goes to his father. We see as you read the Gospels, you see that this becomes a pattern of Jesus, that he, he often would run back to his father. And he'd often go back to his father and say, Father, I need you. Father, we have his prayer recorded in, in uh, John 17 where he goes to his father for that last time, and he says, Father, I need you for them. The people were running to him. They needed him. They needed healing. They needed freedom. They needed hope. But Jesus left to a desolate place and sought his father. Number one, I want to introduce that purpose and identity come from the father. You see, we spent, uh, I think it was Keith was over at our house uh, a couple months ago, and Keith asked me a good question. He said, he said, so tell me, we're kind of talking about China and our story. He said, so tell me, what was the, what's, was the hardest thing about leaving China? I thought for a second, and you remember what I said, Keith? He doesn't remember I remember. <laughs> I said, Keith, I feel like it was that my identity was kind of torn away. Because for so long I saw my, I, I, I kind of thought my identity was wrapped up in this missionary title. Or this, yeah, I'm the foreigner that's overseas, and as the Chinese saw me, I'm the English teacher. Or, that's just my identity. And yet, all of a sudden, in a, in a moment, God kind of pulled us away, and I no longer knew, who am I? What am I doing? God, how did we get here? What the, the, uh, I mean, people talk around me, and, and for the past few years we've been overseas and, and they're talking about this TV show. I have no idea what they're talking about. And we feel this, this we're, 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 in, we're in a new place. And it was almost this identity crisis of who am I? What am I doing? Jesus comes to his father. And the, I like verse 38. Verse 38, it comes here and it says, he says, and he said to them, this is Jesus talking to the four men, he said, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. He couldn't stay. He knew, he was reminded of his purpose. He was reminded of his identity. 
He was reminded of the reason his father sent him. He was reminded of who he was in his father, of that relationship. Purpose and identity come from the father. Verse 38, also we see, he says, Let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. He had that peace and confidence of having just spent time with his father. How many times uh, are, we, are we influenced and molded by the people around us? You ever feel that way? Anybody feel like, oh man, I get pressure from around me and, and it makes me want to do this or makes me want to do that or, or I feel that, that pressure of what other people have for me is what I need to be doing. Jesus came to his father. He said, Father, I know I need to go. I know I need to go on. And in spite of the town, the whole town, wanting him to stay, he knew and he was confident and he had peace. It's time to go on. Come, guys. It's time to go on. Let's go. Let's keep going. We'll come back. Don't worry. This is, we must go on. He had peace and confidence that came from his father. Jesus, last point here, is Jesus invites us to follow him to the father. That was his invitation. That's why when he saw those four men in the very beginning, he said, follow me. But the destination was not with him. They would follow him for a short time. They would follow him for three years on the earth. And he said, follow me, come with me, and I'll teach you. But his whole goal was revealed in, in John, John 14 when he said, I, you follow me so I can introduce you to the Father. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That whoever, uh, that, uh, whoever uh, I'm forgetting it now, say it with me. <laughs> Whoever comes to the Father, or nobody comes to the Father but by me, but through me. He said, I'm going to introduce you to the Father. Read that whole passage. Read John 14. He goes on and on about, hey, you know, you know me, you'll know the Father. And Thomas says, hey, how can we know the Father? Thomas, wait a second, you're not understanding me. If you know me, I've already introduced you to the Father because the Father is in me and I in you. This is his purpose. He says, I want you to follow me, but my goal is that you'll know the Father, that I can introduce you to the heart of the Father, because at the Father, you can have purpose, because at the foot of the Father, you know your identity, because when you come to the Father, you can lay your burden down and you have peace, because at the Father, he'll give you a confidence that you are who you say, or I say you are. Jesus, once he invited them, introduced them to the Father. Verse 38, when he goes on, he doesn't leave them behind. He said, let us go. Let us go. Let's go together. January uh, 2nd, 2020, our uh, 
the government in China, and I won't get into a lot of the details, but they, uh, they started the, the process to, to shut the school down and the, the ministry we were working with. And we had, uh, we had a few days kind of not knowing what was happening, what was going on. It was January 8th that we got the news that we we're gonna have to leave by the end of the month, at the end of January. And we, we didn't understand. Abby and I last night, uh, Abby took out her journal. She's a better journaler than I am. Um, and she has just some notes and things. And we went back and we read through what happened and kind of what was going on in our, in our brain and her brain. And we read through and we read and, and we kind of laughed and cried and, and thought a little bit about what God had done. And as we were losing what we thought was our purpose and identity, as God was kind of tearing that off of us, we were lost. We didn't know why. And I know, you know, everybody's got a story. Everybody has a different story. There are many times in our life, and I know many here could say that you just don't understand what God is doing. And as you come to that point, you say, God, why? God, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you taking us? Why? I thought back, in, in the, uh, back before I even met Abby that you spoke to both of us separately that our purpose was going to be to go to China. And yet all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you brought us together under that almost. It was kind of a, a, a unique thing that helped us both understand that, no, this is our purpose. And yet, 13 years later, you come and you, you take that away. God, what are you doing? Why? I don't understand. What are you doing in our life? Why are you taking away what you once gave? And we were kind of losing our purpose and identity. We're losing our, our peace as we ask questions, as we, as we think through, well, where are we going to go? <laughs> where are we going to land? I mean, do we fly to New York or do we fly to Indiana or do we fly to, to you know, I think I know somebody in California, I could go there. Or, or where do we go? Well, who has room for a family of seven? We left with, with just Abby and I coming home with seven, and who has, not, a, not a, every place is welcoming to three boys and two girls and, and a couple who are lost. <laughs> Where do we go? And as we went through these thoughts and kind of, well, God, uh, this is the options. What's open for us? Where do we go? What do we do? kind of realized that, I know I did, and I still struggling with, what is it, God? What is that purpose identity that you want to give us? And I honestly, I fully realized just last week, I think that's why God didn't have me speak two weeks ago, 
but that my purpose and identity is right here. It's not with what I'm doing. It's not with who other people, the title they put on me. It's with the one that Jesus wants me to know, the Father. You see, he loves me as his son. And he loves you. And he wants you, like Jesus did in the passage, to just come to him. Come with your burden. Come with your with your, 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 what you feel is that mess. And come and put it at his feet. Say, God, here I am. I'm just broken. And I like that because he, he calls himself the Father. Now, I know we all have a different earthly fathers. And they've all different relationships with our earthly father. But this father, he's perfect. He's that father that welcomes you when you're all a mess, when you're muddy, when your jeans are torn. I know it's a fashion nowadays, but I mean, before it was a fashion. Your jeans are torn. And when your hair is messed up, and when you're unpresentable, and he says, just come. I'm your father. And he hugs you. And you can rest. And you have peace in a relationship. Not in who you are, but in who you are in him. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.